0: Week. We have a whole dedicated episode to the Falcon 9, the revolutionary rocket that changed my life and the entire industry of the world towards reusability and dropping the price of to orbit. Welcome to this episode. We've got some really exciting stuff and a giveaway. Stay tuned. Welcome to Today in Space, the all things space science podcast. I am your space science podcast host from the East Coast. Alex Giorifanos. We're recording this from planet Earth. The date is November 3rd, and here's what we're talking about this week. You heard it in the beginning. Our first giveaway is here, and we're really excited for that. We're going to talk more about that. In fact, our giveaway is exactly related to our topic for this episode, which is the Falcon 9 rocket by SpaceX. You know, we've... This whole podcast, this is episode 287. I've been doing this since 2014. I honestly would not be here on the internet speaking to you today if it were not for the Falcon 9 rocket and all the engineers that came together and the people at SpaceX that made this rocket what it is today. Without that village of SpaceX... We would not be here. We owe our our existence here at Today in Space to the Falcon 9 rocket and what it's done. I want to share some stories about what it was like in the world before the Falcon 9. And we've got some really exciting statistics on, like, the hardware, this, this rocket that has enabled going to orbit at such a rapid pace that it's changed the whole industry, and I believe for the better. But one thing I do want to note, we're we're all dressed up in our Falcon 9 gear. I have my Falcon 9 uh, flat-brim hat here that I got in Florida. The last time I was there for the uh, SpaceX CRS-19 mission, which was my first rocket launch that I ever got to see in person, I was even even luckier to have been able to go to a NASA social tour where we got to – visit the launch pad for the Falcon 9. We got to visit the the rocket pad for the Atlas 5 and star and the Boeing Starliner. And we also got to visit the vehicle assembly building where the SLS which is uh, as of tonight rolling out on the crawler to the pad. Rockets are the things that take us into space. They enable the whole thing. To happen, right? Without the rocket, space travel doesn't happen. And the most famous rocket, really, before the Falcon 9 is the Saturn V. That is the rocket that took the astronauts to the moon and all of the missions leading up to that to develop the hardware and the mission criteria and the understanding of what it's like for human beings to be in space. What became the Saturn V? was a really important thing because without that rocket, without the world's most powerful rocket going to the moon and doing what we did uh, for Apollo 11, not possible. And when we think about a world without the Falcon 9, it was a very different place. Let's take a break from the episode to talk to you about men's health. It's November, it's Men's Health Awareness Month, and I'm trying to make you aware that you are not alone. You're not the only person who's not getting getting their stuff together here to, to take care of themselves. I'm sure there's things you could work on. And part of that is having the right tools. And Manscaped is offering a huge swath of tools for all your men's grooming needs. Whether, you know, they just released their new Persevere Cologne and their Persevere body wash. Depending on what, what suits you, those are available. You can use code word space at manscaped.com to pick that up. Or you could use the Lawnmower 4.0. That's my go-to. That's uh, me keeping all the facial hair trimmed up and anywhere else where I need some hair management, the Lawnmower 4.0 is there. It's got the light, the LED light, to show you where you're actually shaving if you're not getting in there blind. And you know, for me, it's the winter, I'm thinking beard, but I'm, I don't even have it fully thought out yet, right? If, this, if I wasn't using Manscaped tools that make things simple, I probably wouldn't have even trimmed up my beard. I would have just let it grow till it became insane and then, you know, uh, bring the beast back into the cage. With the Lawnmower 4.0 and everything that Manscaped provides me, it's just simple. I go to the bathroom, I take the stuff with me, I put the newspaper down and start trimming. I've actually started to enjoy it. You know, that's one of the great things about this partnership has been, you know, every episode coming and making sure that I'm on the show looking trimmed up and using the tool and it's actually become something that I've enjoyed. So as we get into the deep, dark abyss of winter, make sure that you're doing yourself right by doing the things, doing men's health and, and taking care of yourself, right? Not only so that you look good, but so that you feel good too. There's the new shop. Uh, there's the new Buff Bundle, where they've got this new silicone body buffer. When, uh, is it spe- speaking as, as a guy, have you exfoliated? Have you like done anything to your skin, or is it just flaking off all the time? There are a ton of things here between the Weed Whacker and the Crop Preserver. They're even selling deodorant now. Manscaped has you covered for everything, basically. So, support the podcast. Support your own uh, health and awareness that you need to do good stuff for yourself Use the code word space, get 20% off worldwide shipping, and get yourself right today. Manscaped, co-word space, anything in the store, whatever you need, go check it out and support the podcast. And do it for yourself. All right, folks, let's go back to the show. So the Falcon 9, why is it so important? Well, At a really big level, the Falcon 9 has changed the entire industry towards reusability and... It has helped drive down the cost of your kilogram to orbit. You know, how heavy something is and how much it's going to cost to go into space. This whole idea of a space economy and all of these things do not work if we do not have a reliable and budget-friendly way of going into space. So while the Falcon 9 is not this thing, it's not the most impressive rocket of all time, is in, you know, the Starship rocket will blow the Falcon 9 out of, out of all of its uh, abilities because it's going to be able to bring more things into orbit than really ever before. The Saturn V was able to send both the Apollo capsule and the Lunar Command Module, which is what made it possible for them to land on the moon, right? With the Falcon 9, what it has done is allow things to go into orbit at a rapid pace, at a price that the industry just at that time with the techniques that it knew, it could not do. The space shuttle, for instance, was this first real try at reusability in space, which is you launch this thing up. That was the, the thing the Saturn V didn't have, right? The Saturn V had to be built every time. The parts of the rocket were uh, jettisoned into down back to Earth. You had to plan the orbits of those things returning you you had to basically rebuild perfectly essentially the rocket over and over again so that this controlled explosion of matter could be used to deliver things into space the falcon 9 does that but it also recovers the rocket and just to talk about a stat if we're talking about reusability here the falcon 9 has only had 32 boosters flown. You think about the amount of missions that the Falcon 9 has had, which if we pull up, uh, there's a really cool website called SpaceXStats.xyz. There have been 178 Falcon 9 launches to date. Again, this is November 3rd, 2022. And the amount of Falcon 9 launches per year have increased over time. And we're getting to the point where we're getting very close to having a rocket launch every day. And we're, we're getting tastes of that here in the year 2022. In fact, if we, if we go to the estimates that what they had planned to launch, the story kind of progresses throughout the years. So let's look at the timeline of the Falcon 9, right? The Falcon 9 really started making its way in the years 2010 to 2019. In 2020... Gwen Shotwell, the president and COO of SpaceX, wanted to have uh, as many as 24 launches for Starlink and an additional 14 to 15 launches for the rest of the year. And 2020 was a huge, prolific year for the Falcon 9, even with the pandemic and the changes of life around us, the lack of supplies in the supply chain, never mind the fuel needed, right? You you need to be able to develop that fuel. And some of that fuel that is also used for the Falcon 9 is also used in medical capacity. So they were even at a point where they had to pull back the already prolific year because there was this complete strain on the entire system, right? Where even the space industry had to say, we, we you know, we, maybe we don't have to have that many launches or we've got to figure out a way to get this fuel another way, right? So they ended up having 26 launches, 14 were Starlink satellites, and the only other rocket in the world that even competed uh, and had more launches was China's Long March rocket family. But again, for the Falcon 9, all of these rockets had the chance, bar from, you know, let's see here, this is the, yeah, let's see. So one failure, two failure for drone ship in 2022, and that's it. Every other, other than the Crew Dragon in-flight abort test, which was destroyed on purpose to see how the Crew Dragon spacecraft would be able to get away from the rocket before they sent Bob and Doug, the first American astronauts to fly on an American rocket, an American spacecraft, to the International Space Station. Since the space shuttle, that test was... We, we sacrificed a Falcon 9, which was usually just par for the course for rocket technology. That was actually a, a rare case where the rocket didn't come back. And what an explosion that was. 2021, they wanted to have an increase of the, those launches from 26 to 48. SpaceX had 31 launches. Now in 2022, SpaceX had planned for 52. SpaceX had surpassed the 2021 number of 31 launches in the first 29 weeks of 2022 and we're still seeing launches come out from florida from spacex at an extremely extremely regular pace which again is unheard of for any kind of rocket before it so the falcon 9 has had a historic run the last few years And honestly, it's kind of crazy. You know, when we first started this podcast in 2014, it was a very different world. Uh, The Rosetta mission, which was this mission that landed a tiny lander, fillet on the comet. It it was a really magical mission, but it was a robotic mission. It was one of those things where it was like, okay, in another five years, six years, we might have something else, like the Perseverance rover going to Mars. But there was... Uh, long stretches between rocket launches in in those years you know the the space shuttle had been retired in two thousand and eleven, and the aerospace industry was trying to figure itself out and where it was going to go and We saw year after year through presidential administration to presidential administration for the years leading up to that a difference in what nasa's goals were and Then SpaceX started getting all of these brilliant engineers. Aerospace engineers, rocket scientists, and really anyone who was a master in their STEM field that relates to SpaceX and their technology, they started getting these people to work for them, giving them that chance, that opportunity of we want to change how things are done for the singular goal of making life interplanetary. And the Falcon 9 was a huge, huge part of that. And it started from the very early days of uh, in Kwajalein, a uh, remote military island where they were launching the first Falcon 1. And it failed until it succeeded. On the third attempt, which was the last attempt, the rest of the money was put into the pot of SpaceX. And on that launch, they succeeded, they gained the contract, and the road to the Falcon 9 started. Today we live in a world of a Block Five Falcon Nine, five iterations of the Falcon Nine, to the point where they have had a record thirty-two boosters for multiple missions, and some of those rockets have had fourteen missions on the same booster. It's been reused and flown and landed on a drone ship or on land, brought back to the port in Canaveral, and then. It goes through its processes, and it's on the West Coast as well, over by Vandenberg uh, Air Force Base. There is also a drone ship out there. There are two here on the East Coast, and there's an entire recovery team that helps get these rockets back and forth. And if you're ever down in Florida and the Space Coast, do yourself a favor. Find out when a launch is happening. SpaceX is probably having one. If you go down for a week in Florida, there's a very, very high chance in 2022 and beyond you will see a Falcon 9 launch. While I was there, there was a launch on the East Coast at night and on the West Coast in the same week that I was there for the Artemis 1 launch. And while the Artemis 1 launch got delayed and is still looking to have its first launch for SLS, SpaceX has such a regular routine that people driving home from work will pull over, (laughs) in the case of the first launch that I saw when I got there, the same day that I got there, I went out, parked, got my setup, and watched SpaceX just routinely, on time, on the clock, launch a rocket to deliver Starlink satellites into orbit. And so the, the, the Falcon 9 has enabled SpaceX to create revenue to achieve this goal of interplanetary life. And it's evolved over years. And it's because the Falcon 9 itself, as a tool to put things from Earth into orbit, has proven to be extremely, extremely efficient. And while it's not, from an engineering perspective, the rocket with the most performance, or the the rocket that can do the most things, what it does, it does well. And the fact that it can be reused and retuned is amazing. And we just saw the, the last Falcon Heavy launch, which very simply is three Falcon 9 boosters strapped together, and... They recovered both boosters, again, side boosters, which are Falcon 9s, on land, while they're still working on getting that center booster to be reusable. But honestly, that rocket is used to get whatever it is they're launching. In this case, this was the 3,700-kilogram satellite for the United States Space Force, USSF-44, to geotransfer orbit, which 3,700-kilograms into orbit is a lot of mass and they had to deplete that center booster completely because it just needed all that performance but you still recovered two boosters and all three of those were brand new so to think that you think about the difference between a company that would launch a center booster with two side boosters so three rockets essentially you'd be launching and ditching them and paying for all of that all over again if you want to use that rocket. How many of those launches can you really have in reality if you have to spend all that time launching? You know, SpaceX, 178 launches of the Falcon 9, right? They only have 32 boosters. Imagine if they had to make 178 boosters, manufacture all of that. Imagine the cost, not only in the materials, but in the... Manufacturing and the technique, and making sure that every single time that you mass produce these rockets, that, that that's a that's a lot of capital and time and effort that would be spent doing that. But if you can make one great rocket that can come back and return, it's an amazing thing. And it, it wasn't always this easy. You know, it, it looks easy now, but I remember in the early days of me trying to get my aerospace engineering degree uh the falcon 9 at that time it, it wasn't even the falcon 9 it it was it was the early falcon 9 and it had this rigid grasshopper they called it structure which was literally just rigid legs and they were getting the booster to lift hover and then come back down and they they did this approach they started small and they had many failures. Can't tell you how many times we saw uh, an engine lose thrust or something happened with the fuel and uh, a rocket blow up or fly to the side and then they detonated it to make sure that things were fine. It's a lot of iteration and R&D, research and development, which really just means breaking and fixing until it works and does what, it, what you can do. And it's, that is a, an aerospace engineer's dream, Right, like that's the job that you go into aerospace engineering or astronautics, or it's to fly something, it's to to, to revolutionize something, and I, I can't state this enough that as as an aerospace engineer who was getting their degree from 2008 to 2015, uh, that that was a very interesting time because the space shuttle was no longer around. It's not like there was a new space shuttle that was coming out. And yes, there were rockets being made and launched, but very, very limited as to the opportunity that an engineer has to revolutionize or innovate. Uh, It was very much, uh, there were a lot of jobs where you were behind a desk working on the same thing day in and day out. While that, could be very interesting. That was not for me, and I know that was not the case for many of the people that work at SpaceX. You know, I'm really lucky to know a ton of people who work at SpaceX, and even some that I know really well. But what they do on a daily basis, you know, even though it's, it's a super cool job and it's this revolutionary thing that, that uh, every aerospace engineer would want to do, it's also not for everybody, and it's also not for everybody forever. It's a very stressful environment, Uh, and I'm saying this as someone who does not work there, right? But I'm telling you as someone that could potentially work there one day and may put their resume in someday to work at a a SpaceX, and if you're one of these people, I have always seen this as the, the Navy SEALs of engineering or the Marines of engineering. It's hardcore. You're 60-hour work week is the base minimum of what you're going to spend at this place. So if you're looking for a nine-to-five, some kind of job where you can come in, check out, and then do other things afterwards, no, 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 no. Working at a place like SpaceX, and this is true of a lot of aerospace companies, but for SpaceX and people that worked to making the Falcon 9 what it is today, those people have staked their careers. In the early days, their reputation, because you were working at this company that was looking to change how the industry did things, you know, and that was that was not necessarily a good move back in the early days, 2008 to 2000, you know, even 2012, when we first started really seeing kind of this cadence of launches happening. Those were the days where I, I remember studying for classes. It might have been like guidance, navigation, and control, or it could have been... Uh, any of those classes. God, there were so many cool classes that we took, like one where we designed a mission and the whole portfolio, portfolio of the orbital mechanics and the rockets and the spacecraft that you would take to Mars to do research. And, you know, during that time, it was really tough. I mean, that's why I say, if the Falcon 9 didn't exist today, I don't know if I'd be here on this podcast. Seeing SpaceX in 2011... 2010. Do the grasshopper test with those rigid legs. Come up, and when they landed, and I watched that live stream. I mean, that that gave me that that little fire inside to say there there are people that are doing this. There are people that are that are trying to push the bounds of things, and what they're doing, what SpaceX is doing, is magical, and and I I want to see them succeed, and to see where they are today, where they've allowed the united states you know they were able to compete to become a potential reason why the u.s after the space shuttle was retired regained their ability to launch their own our own rockets our own astronauts and our own rockets on our own spacecraft from american soil again because we were paying for launches on the soyuz system from the russians and in today's world in 2022 that's kind of that's kind of crazy and it's, it's, uh, it's even crazier that for years, pulling away from using the Soyuz system was a very, very difficult thing. And, and as a country, we had put ourselves in this place where we didn't have the ability. We had not built rockets like that, or NASA had not built rockets like that in a very long time since the Saturn V. And they got to work on the space launch system. In the meantime... The Falcon 9 kept launching and delivering things into orbit. The Falcon Heavy launch, uh, the early test, sending the Tesla Roadster into orbit as a test mass. Those early days of showing what this one rocket can do from landing propulsively, right? December 2015 was the first time that the Falcon 9 landed propulsively after delivering a payload into orbit. Right before that, Blue Origin had just landed their new Shepard rocket, but they didn't deliver anything into orbit, so the suborbital class. But regardless, that was the year of reusability entering. And think about seven years later. We're at this point where Blue Origin is flirting with New Glenn, their heavy rocket that will help them get their missions to the moon and deliver satellites into orbit. But the Falcon 9 has continued to prove that there is this hunger for the ability to send things into space. And people were still willing to pay the extreme prices of a uh, expendable rocket. Paying for the whole rocket on the way up, now you have people who are, where the price is right, where they're willing to put a payload of theirs on a reused rocket, which I can tell you, as someone who was an excited engineer, learning about aerospace, talking to my professors at the time, who have, you know, at that time seen it all. It, even, even chemical, never mind aerospace engineering professors who didn't believe that was possible uh, because it doesn't have any flight heritage. How do we know that it works if it's never flown into space? Which my argument was, well, how do you know if you don't have the ability to launch it into space? This was the conundrum we were in for so long before the Falcon 9. Before the Falcon 9 made it real and started making money and after this 2015 started getting contract after contract, delivering things successfully into orbit and landing the rockets at the same time, that was when it shifted and the industry realized that there were so many more – and I mean the aerospace industry in the world, right – we all finally realized and came to the conclusion that there are things that we've been telling ourselves are only possible because that's the only thing we've seen. And there are things that we have told ourselves are not possible that we've never given a chance to work. And again, it is the it is the people at SpaceX who helped develop the Falcon 9, and there's there have been people that started that journey, who have moved on and done other things, and there will be new people to come back in and continue that legacy. But the Falcon 9 has done many, many things to change this industry for the better. And I couldn't be more excited to have partnered up with Estes Rockets, the model rocket company that everyone knows. Everyone, you know, even down in Florida when I went to the Artemis, one launch attempt back in August, September, everyone at some point brought up Estes rockets, right? Everyone was talking about the model rockets, the big Bertha's, the different things. Down there, I had just seen the Blue Origin rocket that that they had just started to release. I even purchased a Saturn V, which I have uh, in in the office here in the studio. And I'm really excited that we've partnered up with Estes. You can get 10% off, uh, no engines, no parachutes, unfortunately, uh, but for for Ramada Rockets, you can get 10% off. Use the code word IN underscore Alex. I-N underscore A-L-E-X. We are really excited to offer the Falcon 9 from Estes. The official Falcon 9 from SpaceX. We did an unboxing. The box is beautiful. It is the thing of an Of a space nerd's dream. And I am super excited to be able to offer one to one lucky winner here on the podcast for the giveaway. So, what you need to do is go to Instagram, like our post for the giveaway, follow both us, Today in Space Pod, and Estes Rockets on Instagram. That's going to enter you into the contest. And if you do that, we're going to have a random drawing, and we will pick someone. And this rocket could be yours. This whole thing, this legit one that we have right here with us will be sent directly to you if you are the winner of the giveaway. So make sure to go check that out. We're super excited to get that to you. Whether you're someone who grew up loving rockets and space and now you've got kids and you want to show them the love of model rockets or you're a giant kid yourself still and you're still launching model rockets and you would love this Falcon 9. I'm looking forward to find out who we're giving this away to. And uh, we'd love to see a picture with you getting it and just the excitement. I mean, the box alone, folks, it's incredible. So but before we close this episode, let's discuss why the Falcon 9 is so important. I know we touched on it at the beginning, but there's a few things that it does that it's not just hardware. You know, I, I think a lot of, it's interesting. I, I talk to folks about what I talk about in the podcast, and a few people have like, have, have said, oh, you, you really like the hardware, right? And in my mind, I don't think there's anything else – like how can you not be excited about the hardware? I mean this is like a kid's dream, like a kid that loves trucks and big machines. and And I mean it is one of those things that is just so exciting that humans made this thing, right? And the fact that humans made this thing that can now land itself on a drone ship in the middle of the ocean or back on land at a launch pad after tossing something into orbit, I mean, that's the, one of the most exciting things. And it's that hardware specifically, the, the rocket that brings things into orbit, that is the enabler of all things space. Arguably, one of the hardest things and we saw from a decade of barely being able to launch humans into space without paying the Russians for a rocket, like, <laughs> the rocket is the reason that space happens, to break gravity and get out of there. The, that is only possible with a multi-stage rocket. And the Falcon 9 is the true orbital rocket, at least at the moment, Rocket Lab has theirs that they're working on, Blue Origin will have theirs that will come out soon, and I would not be surprised if Europe soon has their own option, reusable option, to launch their own so that they do not have to rely on on Russian expendable rockets. So the, the hardware has enabled going to space. Like, go to space, it takes a rocket, right? And someday, the rocket will be less of a thing. It's kind of already happening where... The Falcon 9 is launched so many times and so regularly that uh, the while it is exciting and the landing is still a super exciting thing, it's almost become routine, which is kind of crazy. Especially, I remember when we first started this podcast, people didn't even want the Falcon 9 to launch. There was a huge, huge resistance that it was a waste of time. But let's get past that. <laughs> so the Falcon 9 figured out that it could be reusable it also started delivering things into orbit. Then they started the small, uh, the transporter program, where they could deliver CubeSats. So now they're able to deliver small payloads, including larger payloads, into a large variety of orbits. And they even started doing a polar orbit out of Florida, where you actually watch it fly down the coast as it delivers things into orbit. So this one rocket has all of these abilities that it can do And it's cheaper and reusable. But it also is launching SpaceX's own Starlink satellites, which is delivering internet around the world. Those same Starlink satellites, without the Falcon 9, would not have been able to help people like in Tonga uh, there to communicate during a natural disaster. There have also been rural areas, places around the world, including military sites where you have not, you, it's extremely expensive to get internet to that location. If there's no ground lines for the internet there, it's extremely difficult and expensive to get it. A lot of rural places don't even have internet, but now they can thanks to uh, what SpaceX is doing with Starlink. And that same Starlink satellite, again, sent up by the Falcon 9, has also been used to help the people in Ukraine get internet and communicate and coordinate and in some ways, it's kind of terrifying that it's become such a military application, but this is part of the reason why a space force exists, right? But regardless, this fight and, and even this war that's happening in this year, SpaceX's Falcon 9 has helped enable the fight as well which through, through Starlink. And while there, there are many complications with that and war, it's still amazing that this one rocket can do that. And the money for the Starlink satellite service is also going to help fund the Starship, which has the potential to completely revolutionize space because it will send intense amounts of human beings, more than we've ever been able to send at one time, potentially up to 100 at one time, essentially a whole colony in a spaceship that's so big it could act as the living quarter's for those people, they can make fuel, and then come back. Now, that's in the future, and the Falcon 9 still has a lot of work to help fund that development research as we get closer to the first orbital launch of the Starship. But the Starship has followed the same development path, essentially, as the Falcon 9. The Falcon 9 didn't land overnight. It took many, many tries, and that technology grew, and they got more and more data, And they were able to streamline that and get it to a point where they are today. Because the Falcon 9 was so successful, they now have a blueprint for Starship to develop the even bigger thing. So arguably, the Falcon 9 is a huge part of why SpaceX may very well be the first ones to Mars. It's wild, and then at the same time, it's also enabling things like the Inspiration Four mission, right—the first all-civilian trip in orbit, higher than the International Space Station in altitude—and that private mission was an absolute joy to to watch. It was like watching human beings reach for their potential and and push past it, and. That's what the Polaris program is going to offer with Jared Isaacman. uh, The commander of the Inspiration4 mission is now planning to do the Polaris missions. Polaris Dawn is the next one where they'll do the first spacewalk to test that. Push the bounds of human spaceflight even further. And again, that's all possible because of the Falcon 9. And it has pushed the bounds of spaceflight, and it's going to help us dream bigger for humanity and fight for a future that's worth fighting for, right? That that actually makes us excited to wake up in the morning. Like what what What's possible if we're able to do this? And that same Falcon 9 could be yours if you win this giveaway. And, of course, you can use our coupon code for 10% off on Estes, and we are super excited to give that away. Check it out on Instagram, and you can see the rules there. Make sure that you get in there, try to get this rocket. I'm super pumped to get it to you. And that's our episode for this week all about the Falcon 9 and kind of the genesis of how it came around and what it's done to change the industry and the world around us. I think for the better. Uh, It's definitely progressed space and pushed it to a place that I don't even think the industry thought it could go. And to think that in the face of a pandemic that we never saw coming, if the Falcon 9 didn't push the industry uncomfortably, but if it didn't push the industry, arguably, the year of 2020 and the eventual invasion of Russia into Ukraine could have been this stopgap for the space industry and today we could have potentially been seeing the international space station fall from orbit and from the sky and losing our ability to have humans into space i mean there without the falcon 9 it's it's arguable that our space program if the rest of the world continued as it, it has here in an alternate universe we could have had a dark sky event where None of us could go to space. And we it would have, with everything that happened, could very well have atrophied to the point where space travel wasn't important. So the Falcon 9, in some ways, not only saved America's ability to have a, a thriving space industry, it also could have been the end of our ability to send humans into space. And it very well could have been the end of just space programs in general, right? If, if, if there's long enough where the people that know what they're doing aren't there anymore, you have to learn everything all over again. And that takes time and effort and money. And when things are tough, it's really difficult to try and push a program like a, a human space program, especially if you've lost it. Uh, and that ability. So, the Falcon 9, an amazing piece of rocket technology. Certainly not the last, but for its influence and what it's done for the world and our collective interest in rockets, I mean, landing rockets, that's, ex- that's still exciting. That has yet to become routine. And to see two, like the Falcon Heavy launch that just happened, to see two rockets come down in synchronicity and land, Back to back is just one of the most exciting things you can see. And, and some of the views that we got from that mission of the rocket coming back down after it launches. It does the boost back burn and comes back down. As you're watching, the butt of that rocket come back in and relight. I mean, it looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. It's, it's insane. And, you know, there's so many people out there that cover space. And what's happening... And so many of us owe our entire careers or pastime to SpaceX, those engineers, and the Falcon 9. It's that crazy and important. So, um, if you want to help support us, of course, go check out that giveaway. Support yourself. Get a get yourself an actual Falcon 9. Not only is the box amazing, but the model itself. Even if you don't fly it, the model itself is something of beauty. And I highly, highly recommend you getting involved. And, of course, Estes will be uh, selling these rockets. So if you don't happen to win on the giveaway, it would make a tremendous gift for any space nerd. So highly recommend it, especially with the holidays coming up. But check that out. I've rambled for too long, folks. I'm just too excited about this. So check out the, the giveaway. Check out the Falcon 9. And try to get yourself down to Florida or even Vandenberg. Uh, Air Force Base in California, if you're ever in the area, check out a rocket launch. There's so many opportunities with the Falcon 9 where you could just accidentally see one. And that's an amazing world that we live in. That if you just happen to be in Florida near Orlando, you might just see a rocket launch. Uh, And if you're lucky enough, you might even see a night launch and the Falcon 9 jellyfish that happens as you see the fuel refract as the rocket goes up. And it looks like aliens are invading, but it looks like it would be the coolest thing to see in real life. So I'm looking forward to catching that. I hope you do as well. Spread love and spread science. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Today in Space. Make sure to check out that giveaway for the Falcon 9 from Estes. Thank you, Estes for partnering up with us so we can offer our listeners a free Falcon 9 rocket. And we're really looking forward to it. If you like our Feline 9 shirt... You can check out Julia Kalisky Designs. Uh, Julia Kalisky, great artist. We've had her on this podcast. I think she's probably the person that's been on the podcast the most. Um, but she's doing amazing things. She's, she's an amazing artist, and she's doing amazing work as a marketing director over at Agile Space, which, as according to her, they're working on stuff that will go to the moon. So go check out Julia Kalisky's artwork and... That's it, folks. Spread love, spread science. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.